This is the Friday Five Podcast with your hosts, Brent and Rex. Hey guys, welcome to the seventh episode of the Friday Five Podcast, I believe, if I'm counting correctly. Um, I'm Brent. And I am alongside Rex, who is back from his vacation, his bash at the beach. Yes, bash at the beach has concluded. <laughs> I am back in Ruston. Okay, nice. Which is a, which is an hour away from you. Like, yeah, not very far. Not far at all, friend. <laughs> well, look, also, um, happy birthday. Today's your birthday, man. The big, Thank you. Uh, I don't know. Do you want me to say how old or you can say or what do you think? 22 22 perfect <laughs> because <laughs> because i mean that way i can just listen to a taylor swift song 22 from now on oh no i'm uh, numerically i'm 35 what is that in roman numerals that is <laughs> x x x v yeah there you go you honest, think- honest look real quick <laughs> Dishonest Abe doesn't know his Roman numerals. Have we talked about that? I think you mentioned it to me one time, and I was like, how does – I thought everyone knew Roman numerals, but apparently they don't. He's not the only mm-hmm. one. I mean, you know, other people don't either, but – To each his own. We watched a lot of WrestleMania, so we know our Roman numerals. WrestleMania, Super Bowl, <laughs> and Star Wars. Yeah, there you go. There. Yeah. So, But no, there was no bash at the beach, even though, like – we were right there, and I was like, man, I would love to see Sting and Ric Flair <laughs> or Vader get into it. Do you remember that? They held Bash at the Beach, WCW held Bash at the Beach at – or on the beach, like literally on the beach. It was free, I mm-hmm. think. I think it was Hogan and Vader in the main event too, so pretty good main what event. What year? Oh, gosh, man. Um, 93 or 94, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so good show. But yeah, I'm glad you had a good time, man. I I know we had to kind of meet up at the last second here to do this intro. I actually did an intro earlier today with just me, and I'm not that thrilled about it. I did did not like it. I have a lot of respect, man, for Adam at the Whatever Survey Podcast, who does his by himself most of the time. That's that's hard to do. He does he does his I believe he does his intros by himself. Yeah, but then he'll have, you know, random people on. He'll typically have somebody, not random yeah. people. Yeah, but he'll have someone to help him carry the freight. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Well, once again, man, happy birthday! And I think a good, I think a good uh, topic, since we're already talking about wrestling, maybe we'll wrestling. talk about some uh, some wrestling. Yeah. Let's talk about some pay-per-view matches. You know, I talked about talk Hogan about... and um, yeah. Vader in the cage match. I think we need to talk about some of our fa- favorite matches from uh, wrestling pay-per-views. How about that? Okay, some PPV. I some like P- it. <laughs> some PPVs. That's right. Uh, yeah, let's talk wrestles. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk wrestles. Is, is that? Wait a minute. Is that going to be the title? <laughs> That should that should at least be a drop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so so yeah. Top, maybe not. I mean, these aren't these aren't our entire list. I mean, but these are just maybe. Let's talk about maybe five matches each of 
or five matches that kind of, you know, that we still remember to this day and rewatch. Yeah, I'm good with that. We can do it. <laughs> All right, man. I think I'm going to go you first. You should go first. Yeah. Yeah? You go okay. first. All right. All right. I think I'm going to start with a pretty good one here. So here is my first pick. When I get to town. We're going to treat all you women woo, the way women ought to be treated. All right. We're going to start off pretty big here. All right. <clears throat> and by big, I mean Big Van Vader versus Ric Flair at Starcade 1993. That's a good one. Yeah. When I, I've actually, the funny thing is, I've actually mentioned this match before. <laughs> I forget in what episode, but the visual was always really cool to me because I mean, you had big Van Vader who is, you know, they called him the Mastodon and, um, and you had flair who was, he was still in his prime at this time, but you know, he, he was kind of getting up there in age a little bit, but he was such a technical wrestler. He was a very old school wrestler. Vader was just out to kill you. So the visual alone is really cool. He was an animal. Yeah. He was a scary man. (laughs) <laughs> and I think the only the the time you mentioned this uh, match was probably when Big Van Vader passed because he passed probably about within the past month. That's right. Um, okay, so that's right. That might be it. Yeah, it, it was a great setting. It was in uh, it was in Flair Country, so Flair had the crowd behind him, hundred percent. And it the funny thing about the match is Flair kind of did his typical Flair match, which consists mm-hmm. of a lot of punches and a lot of chops, but chopping Vader doesn't really do anything. He just kind of stands there, you know, it's just pissing him off even more. <laughs> yeah. But it was just a total fight. This was not a technical match at all. Vader was throwing some, some very, very real punches and forearms <laughs> at Rick. <laughs> like big Van Vader was just a complete monster. Yeah. He was the size of a mountain. Yeah. And no one could like damage him, I guess you could say, if if we're talking like video game wise. Um yeah. <laughs> but he was just he was a brawler. Yeah, he, he gained a lot of popularity over in Japan. That's when um that's where WCW found him and brought him in, I believe. And he yeah, he, he was he was known as one of the scarier guys you could go against. He worked very stiff. Uh, he he connected. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't pull any punches. He um he he par- did, you, did you ever hear about how he paralyzed the guy? No. Yeah, he powerbombed a guy and paralyzed him. I, that's nothing to do with this match, but yeah, he's a, he's a scary guy. But Flair Flair was smart. Flair worked on the legs. That was the best thing to do. Yeah, that's, that was his goal the entire match. He eventually, uh, you know, took one of Vader's legs out then clipped one of his legs or already went for the pin wins the title crowd goes insane. It was just, it was so good, but it didn't hurt Vader because the way that he pinned him was just kind of, it was kind of a surprise pin. So yeah, it was a clip of the leg. Then he rolled him up real quick. And so Vader, it wasn't like the figure four. No, no, no. I don't think he could get that in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they had a couple more matches and they were also good, but this, this was my favorite one mainly because yeah. Flair won the title and it was just, it, it was, it was a great matchup. It was, it was very different than what Flair had typically, you know, gone against. And mm-hmm. especially during that time when you would see two or if, if he had like a giant opponent, like Vader, you would usually see a guy kind of close to his stature go up against him. I mean, even yeah. sting sting was a very 
big, strong guy. And so this this was a little different. I thought it worked great. It was a great feud. I think it's a flair feud that sometimes gets forgotten. There's yeah. my dog. But <laughs> especially with his with his feuds with Ricky the Steamboat. Um Yeah, R- Rick, Ricky the Dragon. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And yeah. also Sting. Yeah, and Macho Man. And I mean there's there's countless others. There's tons, but yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah, that's my first pick. I, I think it's I think it's a good one. It's always been one of my favorites. Um I remember watching it as a kid. This was one of the first pay per views I remember getting. Mm-hmm. And it was just good. It's a good match. You can, you know, of course, go check it out on the network. And yeah, that's my first pick, man. And I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. We have plenty more to go. So uh, I will throw it over to you. A ladder match. Two belts hanging at the top of Madison Square Garden, along with all those people hanging from the rafters. The heartbreak kid is going to be up there taking what is rightfully his, the IC belt. All right. With my next, well, with my first pick, I shouldn't say next pick. I'm going WrestleMania 10, which was in 1994. Uh, okay. Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. It was a ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Very awesome. Yeah. Which Intercontinental title is my favorite belt? Is one of my favorite belts. Mine too, actually. Um... Uh, I don't know why, but it is. But that match was probably like one of the first matches I can remember being like really, really awesome mm-hmm. because this is the first time I've seen a ladder match. It might be the first ladder match, at least on pay-per-view. It was the first one on pay-per-view. Yeah, that's correct. As far, as far as I know, I, the first one was actually, I think it was Bret Hart against Shawn Michaels actually, but or maybe There's Razor. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> Razor and Michaels fall are, yeah, Razor and Michaels might have fought in a ladder match like on TV or something. I, I don't remember. But for this match to be on WrestleMania it was, was a big deal, of course. Any any match during WrestleMania is a big deal. So these two guys, Razor Ramon's kind of fresh at this point. Yeah. With WWF, which is what it's really known as, kids. World Wildlife Foundation. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Have, have you ever seen the picture of a panda cracking another panda over the back With the of the chair? chair? Yeah. yeah. Um, I those love that. those those uh, shirts were hot. Yes. But even hotter was this match. Um, <laughs> it was just a really solid match all around. Great spots. I was a Razor fan. I don't know how many people, even though he was like drug portrayed dealer. as a, dr- a drug dealer, um, <laughs> which is not good. But yeah, my my parents never really caught on to that, so they were okay with him for a while. Um, mm. Razor, Razor, huh? He doesn't look like it. He needs to shave. Um, so that's that's the the that's David Lowry. David Lowry impersonation that I, that I that I brought out just about every episode. Yeah, it was. So any anyways, Razor wins this and I believe it's his first title, which when you put the Intercontinental title on someone, it it's kind of like the heavyweight champion in waiting. That's how I look yeah. at it. And and yeah. I might be wrong, but when you when you get that, it's like, okay, you're going places Soon you're working up to to the bigger title, the heavyweight title. Yeah, I mean it. It could be argued that 
you know, the world champs are the ones that just draw money by their personality, but the, mm-hmm. the intercontinental champs are the ones that are actually technical Work- wrestlers. Workers. You know? yeah. yeah. That can work and put on a great match. And I think that still stands true, you know, today too. Yeah. I mean, we discussed it recently about how right now for the intercontinental, the most recent match was, I believe an Ironman match between Seth Rollins and, Dolph. Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler. Mm -hmm. It was a 30-minute Ironman match, and they were both – I mean, I I like them both. They're two of my favorites right now. But um, So, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, WrestleMania 10. I remember renting this. I didn't rent it (laughs) on pay-per-view. I remember I was sick. My grandmother uh, was taking care of me, the same one that did the cakes. Oh, my God. Did you get cake in WrestleMania 10? (laughs) I went to County Market. Which had uh, yeah. videos, and I rented this. Yeah, the funny thing about Michaels and uh, Razor Ramon is that Michaels was the bad guy at the time. Razor Ramon was the good guy. The drug dealer was the good guy. <laughs> Shawn Michaels was a bad guy because he was he was cocky, you know. But but yeah, it's funny. Some of the moves, if you go back and watch his ladder match now, it it seems kind of tame. I mean, only because yeah. we've we've gone through Edge and Christian against. Hardies and I mean just insane ladder spots left and right. I don't think there's a ladder match now where a guy doesn't go through a ladder that's propped up at ringside. But at the time, it's it's a little more simplistic, but it's so good. It, the crowd is so great, and it just makes you real. It, it it just looks great, and and it it being at WrestleMania made it even better, like you said. Yeah, it it, it capitalizes on it. Go ahead, your your pick is next. I just hinted at it, but. Yeah, for my next pick, I'm going to go with... The game dangerously close to those thousands of thumbtacks on the canvas. falls into those tacks. Is it, look at that! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Cactus Jack is a human pincushion! Oh! Triple H against Cactus Jack at the Royal Rumble 2000. It Cactus was Jack brutal. was, like, early 90s. Like, he went through so many changes. Man, uh, Mick Foley, that is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, Cactus Jack, Mankind, Dude, Dude love. love, Mick Foley. <laughs> back to Cactus Jack. Uh, back to Mankind. But, yeah, this was a street fight at the Royal Rumble. It was in Madison Square Garden. You really can't ask for a better setting, especially for Foley, who dreamed of performing in Madison Square Garden anyways. But the first thing, it, it featured one of my favorite entrance stages in probably wrestling history i'm okay kind of to break off i'm a huge nerd for wrestling entrances like the stages yeah props i think they're so cool i get that that would be one of my dream jobs to help design and have those come to life i think they're so cool and they don't do that anymore i mean it's a cost-cutting measure i get that but they used to have some elaborate stages man i mean yeah but this one wasn't as elaborate, but it just fit the setting so well. It was basically an alleyway that they created, and they had a taxi hanging from the ceiling, kind of arched down at the entranceway, and they used the headlights for lights for the entranceway. And Gosh, dog. They yeah. don't do this at all. Anymore, I know. Man. It sounds so awesome. <laughs> unless, it's, unless it's WrestleMania, but yeah. most of the time it's just a statue of something – in a big screen. Yeah. Well, Re- WrestleMania, they 
they definitely have elaborate stages, but they they pretty much save I think they save their money all year just for their WrestleMania stage. There's no telling how much those cost, but but yeah, in my opinion, this is probably a perfect street fight, and I would almost call it a death match. It's it kind of takes all those elements, you know, some of the really violent over the top death matches that you see like in New Japan and um, I think FMW, I think that's it, and it kind of molds it to the WWF format. It's not too over the top, but at the same time, it's one of the more brutal matches that's occurred in WWF history, I feel. Um, Hunter, Triple H, came in as the world champ. Terrorizing. <laughs> that's right, Terrorizing. Worst name ever. That was his name in WCW. But, yeah, it, it was just, it was brutal. There was barbed wire. There were thumbtacks. They went through... I think a couple tables the <laughs> the funny thing about the barbed wire is I've read I've read some stuff about the barbed wire in this match and if you're watching it live you can kind of tell what happens but basically what happens is Mick Foley pulled out a barbed wire two by four a two by four cactus wrapped jack in, oh cactus jack sorry I'm still thinking of all his personalities cactus jack <laughs> pulled out a two by four wrapped in barbed wire and Triple H took it from him, hit him over the head, hit him in the back a mm. few times. That was mm. real barbed wire. Triple H takes the barbed wire bat, throws it to ringside. One of the announcers grabs it and puts it under the announcer's table to kind of hide it, you know, to keep it away from him. I don't know why they yeah. felt they needed to do that. But well, what happened is when Cactus Jack went back out to get the barbed wire bat, he got mad because he couldn't find it. So the announcer pulled it back out from under the table and gave it to Cactus Jack. Well, that wasn't the same barbed wire board. I mean, it was obvious it wasn't bat, the same one yeah. or bad or board or whatever. Yeah. It, it was fake barbed wire. It, it wasn't real barbed wire. And turns out Vince McMahon refused to allow Triple H to take real barbed wire hits. So I guess he didn't want to mess up his face. I don't know. But Triple H is taking some very, very fake barbed wire. But he kind of makes up for it because he has a one of the deepest gashes in his calf that I think I've ever seen during this match. I don't remember where he got that, but hmm. it was just brutal. It was a great match. It it wasn't just mindless violence. It actually told a story, and yeah, The Rock actually interferes in the match. He cracks Triple H over the head with a chair <laughs> <laughs> while they're in the alleyway, actually, but. Um, <laughs> The match ends with with thumbtacks. Uh, Foley gets thrown into the thumbtacks. Um, Triple H pedigrees him. And Foley kicks out of the first pedigree. Turns out, um, you know, from everything I've read anyway, that wasn't planned. He was supposed to be pinned, but Cactus Jack. Did I say F- Mick Foley again? I keep saying Mick it's Foley. It's okay. Yeah, it's sorry. Right. Cactus Jack called an audible to kick out, and he told Triple H, pedigree me in the thumbtacks. So, if you've never Jeez, seen a pedigree, basically you go flat face first into the mat. So, yeah. Triple H pedigrees him into a giant pile of thumbtacks. Not only does it <laughs> probably almost blind Foley, but Triple H's knee goes directly into a pile of thumbtacks. And you see his, you see his reaction to it. And it's, it's the most cringy thing I think I've ever seen. But, yeah. Gosh, dog. Bloody, brutal, violent. Perfect. 
It was it was WWF and a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was WWF at the time. It really summed them up. So it was a great match, and yeah, that's all I got to say. So I will go to you. He's got Undertaker up in his shoulders again. Not again. Going for a triple. A third and five to Undertaker. Brock Lesnar. My next pick is Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. This is a more recent match. This happened four years ago, so it's WrestleMania 30, 30 2014. Okay. I wasn't yeah. sure which one. This is down in Ireland. <laughs> That's New Orleans. Yeah. For all you dweebs. Yeah, nerds. Um, so Undertaker at this point is 21 and 0. He's never lost at WrestleMania before, mm. which I think is super cool. You, yeah, you, I mean, you it was gave 21 years of never losing. I know, and I really want someone to pick up that mantle. But in these days and time, time and days, excuse me, wrestling for 21 years, not likely. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, um, it was probably. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was probably like 23 or something years that he held it. Because I mean, I, I know he did miss couple manias because he was hurt i'm not sure but when he wrestled he won yeah he was we'll say that when he's there he wins so undertaker's 21 and 0 going into the match and everyone's excited brock lesnar is a complete beast brock lesnar is one of the scariest human beings on the planet yes even <laughs> even in a nice suit yes a nice suit having a tea party with his daughter I would still cower. I would no. I wouldn't even shake his hand. I wouldn't even show up. <laughs> Not today. Uh, <laughs> but so everyone's wondering, like, is this the year? Like, everyone's wondering if they're going to attend the WrestleMania that Undertaker loses. Me and my friend Philip went down there to New Orleans, and we had some good seats, and. We watched the match, and we were like, man, this is going to be really cool. We had no clue what was going to happen. It's one of those things every every year you watch, you know, you would watch a Taker match at WrestleMania. There was a part of you that wanted him to lose only for the shock factor. Yes. But you knew he wasn't going to. You know, it was yeah, kind of like. because he's okay. money. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, but it was really good when they would put on a match to where they made you believe he was about to lose, you know? Yeah. Well, right out the gate, you knew something different was about, uh, was going to happen about this match. It was in the air. <laughs> he was barely on offense. Yeah. During the whole match. Like he did, he did a couple spots, his, um, walk. He, I think he walked the rope, which old is one of school. his Keith old school vintage undertaker. <laughs> Say that um, every time. I hate when Oh, dude. It's old school. So, no one saw it coming. Brock Lesnar just crushes him. <laughs> I don't know how many F5s that dude went through. I think he took three. And he kicked out a couple of times just to make it seem like something else was going to happen. But, no. Brock Lesnar wins. The whole place goes silent. 
I remember watching it on TV and Becky was in here with me. <laughs> and I was stand I, I was standing up because I was like, oh man, because he had some really close counts, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to the sorry, go ahead. To the point where in the in the uh stadium it was it was a uh, Superdome. Yeah. Like people still didn't know we thought it was a screw up. I thought the ref no, swear to god, that same thing with me. I thought the ref messed up. I thought the ref yeah. came down for the three. Yeah. And didn't pull, pull away quick enough or yeah. something accidentally. That's what yeah, I thought. That's how the whole uh stadium was. Yeah. And I mean there's a classic shot if you go on WWE network and watch it. <laughs> yeah. The 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 guy in the front row, the young well not I won't say young guy, twenty something, twenty eight. Yeah with his hands on his face and it's like doing the Macaulay Culkin without screaming. <laughs> and he's just, he's just beside himself. He's like, wouldn't it have been great if Macaulay Culkin was there and they cut to him doing that face? Oh man. Yeah. I just think about things like that. But So the match was really, it didn't seem that long. Yeah. I don't because, recall how long it went. Taker couldn't really I, go much longer. <laughs> Yeah, I think mainly because Taker just didn't have it in him. And why book him if he's barely walking? And here are my notes. The last note I wrote mm-hmm. was Taker's exit from the ring to backstage took longer than the match. <laughs> from my lips to God's ears, <laughs> that's the truth. Really? Yeah, it took forever. And I'm pretty sure that, well, they couldn't have cut out to do another promo for something else because he did, he did this hand up of course, and the video screen went 21 and one and people were just like devastated. Yeah. See what I remember you were there live. So you'd probably tell me better, but what I remember is he pinned him. It got silent. I was standing there with my hands on my head, just like what just happened. This, 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 this was a screw up, but like 15 seconds later, they plastered twenty one and one on the screen. I was like, and everybody's like, oh, <laughs> yes. So I was like, oh my god, he did right it. At, right after that match. I believe was a was a women's match. This Worst be- idea ever. This, this was before the well. It was a divas match. This is before they went to women's. Um, but so of course I'm like. Time to get some soda. <laughs> Time to go cry. So I go in. I go to get something to drink or eat, some popcorn or something like that. And I'm just standing there. And people are kind of walking the hallways of the of the stadium looking for, you know, concessions, bathrooms, or whatever. And I see this kid with his mom. And his mom's got an Undertaker shirt on. <laughs> and the kid Does is she look dressed. like the Undertaker? <laughs> No, okay, she didn't. The kid was dressed like the Undertaker. Oh no! With a sign that said "Eat, sleep, get pinned," because that was <laughs> that was um, Brock Lesnar's motto was "Eat, sleep, win, or oh, or defeat no. the Undertaker." It was or probably like, his first WrestleMania too, or something like that. He had a poster. The dude's walking down. Yeah, balling his eyes out. <laughs> ripping up the poster, shoving it in a trash can, crying, oh, no. and his mom's like, "Look, it's 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 going to be okay." And I thought for sure she was about to tell him what we learned ages ago yeah. that wrestling's not real. She should have been like, "Look, honey, it's okay. Look, it was Brock Lesnar." 
Yeah. We couldn't yeah. we couldn't have expected him to win. Yeah. So anyways, and that was just like one of those split stories from my WrestleMania time that uh I forgot about until you said something about, you know, twenty one and one or something like that. But I was yeah. just like, Man, I do remember that. Those were funny. And then the next thing we're in our car driving down to going back to our house or wherever we're staying. And there was a guy dressed fully like Doink the Clown. <laughs> well, that it put a smile on your face. So he, he, he was wasn't, like, he's like the Patch Adams of wrestling. He was not anywhere near the Superdome. Oh, that's, that's not, what was that's, scary. That's, <laughs> this was at one in the morning in Bossier City on your way back home. <laughs> Oh, hey guys. Um, <laughs> I love that voice. <laughs> there's two. There's two. There's That's a great voice. There's there's two things I want to mention about the match. First thing, uh, we have to mention Paul Heyman's reaction. It was the funniest yes. thing ever because I don't. <laughs> Paul Heyman I don't think about he knew. had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. The second thing is uh, Taker and Brock fought a few more times after this, and yes. This wasn't their first time fighting either. No, they fought in Hell in a Cell and I think before that too, a couple times. But Taker has never beaten Brock. Really? Yeah, there was a controversial finish to where they said Taker won, but then they showed a replay where he didn't oh, win. Oh, the and... tap on the back. Yeah, so he didn't really win. But uh, <laughs> without controversy. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great All match right, man. though, man. Uh, your turn. Extreme. All right, I am going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to go with uh, ECW match. It was between Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn. It was at Hardcore Heaven 1999. This was one that I didn't witness live. This is one that... Um, my friend and I, Vincent, back in the day, we would go to Blockbuster and just literally we, we would walk in and just grab every available wrestling VHS tape, take it, take it home, and just binge watch, binge watch them over the next couple of days. Benoit them? Huh? Benoit them? Ben, no, binge, binge watch. Oh, Benoit them is another term for killing it. That's when you tear the tape up. And it was for... <laughs> Oh, my God. It was for the TV title, which was held by uh, RVD. Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam, yes. And my opinion, it was like the perfect blend of wrestling and hardcore. It was a great cool. mix of both. And it kind of became a one of the you know poster rivalries for the company at the time. Their feud was kind of classic they fought many many times each match was a little similar to each other but this one kind of stood out it was just so incredibly good jerry lynn actually <laughs> he gets knocked out like 10 minutes into the match he goes over the top rope and just slams his head <laughs> Jeez. he hits the mat but the mat's an easy quality match you could ever purchase yeah. so he was completely knocked out and basically, RVD just had to kill time. <laughs> he would like, like, our, like Rob Van Dam would go over there and pick up a chair and then put it back down. Like, oh, this isn't a good one, you know. He was just yeah. trying to kill time, and 
but he eventually had to pick him up and throw him back in the ring. <laughs> but this is like one of those matches that if somebody said, you know, give me a taste of ECW, try to win You're me over. that one on? Yeah, try to win me over. I would, I would put that one on. Because it's not, it's not just mindless violence. It is a good wrestling match. Yeah. But I think that's just when ECW is in its prime. And highly recommend it. If, in, if someone kind of has a tough time trying to figure out how to get into ECW, that's one of the first matches you should watch, in my opinion. I never really watched ECW. Well, it, it was hard to watch because um, unless you were local, you couldn't really watch it on TV. But then it came on TNN. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was basically TNN's way of testing it before uh, they bought the rights to WWF to come. <laughs> That's all it was. Jeez. Well, I, I, I'm I'm sorry I can't give that much feedback on on the match. It's it's one that I didn't I didn't get to watch. Um, no, that's fine. Um, it's 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 really good. I mean, it it, it just blends. It, it just it has that ECW vibe, it, which you just have to go see. Which basically, when I think ECW vibe, I just think it's very just kind of dirty, grin, you yeah. know, grungy kind of, you know, bingo hall type environment. But it's really good. And uh, RVD and Jerry Lynn both would go on to uh, WCW. Or not WCW to WWF after ECW went out of business. RVD had a little bit of a better career. Than he had Lynn. a great run. Oh yeah, RVD was great. Uh, he fit into WWF a lot better than I think a lot of people expected him to. Mm-hmm. And he still, I mean, he comes back every once in a while. Yeah, like they, he'll, they show, brought, he'll pop up. They brought him back randomly for the Rumble, I believe. Um, yeah, two three years ago. Yeah, and he had like a little short run, but but yeah. Uh, Jerry Lynn against RVD, ECW, great match. Definitely check it out. It's one of my favorites for sure. Real quick, I couldn't remember Vincent's name. He was he was your best man in your wedding. How's he doing? He's doing well, doing really good. Um, yeah, Vincent was my best man in my wedding, and yeah, we used to hang out a lot. His his mom was never really too fond of wrestling, but okay. we, <laughs> we would we would always just go to the store and grab them and kind of quickly get into the house and <laughs> fire up the VCR. And yeah, it was fun. There's something, there's something, I don't know. There's something more fun about watching wrestling on a VCR. I don't know yeah, why. With your buddies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, bagel bites, wrestling VCR. Good old My, days. Yeah. Who could, who, who could top that? You can't. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless a cake arrived from your grandma. I mean, Oh man. That's what I was eating. <laughs> Just a whole cake with your yeah. bare hands. <laughs> that sounds like Doink the Clown. Um, <laughs> it does. That's, that's what he did as you drove by. <laughs> <laughs> I love this Doink the Clown impression. That's my favorite thing ever. But anyways, that's my pick. And let's go over to you. you know what a strap match is? Well, I'm going to show you Vader style. <laughs> Play the game! Play the game! Mr. Race! The strap! My next selection is Vader versus Sting. Oh my this god. Is, this is the Super Brawl 3 in 1993, and it was the White Castle of Fear strap match. There were no burgers at this castle, I promise. 
Zero. Yeah. It wasn't even white. No. Um, lies. <laughs> full of lies. Lies. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, Macho Man. Um, Macho Man. Uh, one of the main reasons I picked this um, is because <laughs> of the promo. Oh, my Leading God. up to this match, we, we kind of mentioned that with, I believe, Triple H and Cactus Jack and how promos really build the fights before the fight starts. Yeah. The, well, this, this promo could have gone either way. Yes. <laughs> I sat down and watched it recently, and the music to the promo – Sounds like John Carpenter music from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Is it just isn't Sting like in a helicopter? Sting's in a helicopter. He drives up in a gold car, oh. gets out, and he's wearing almost like a track suit. Like <laughs> it's really weird. But anyways, he gets in a helicopter because Big Van Vader has invited him to a, a pre-Super Brawl party. Yes. At the White Castle of Fear, where which is where Big Van Vader lives, trains. That's his everything. house. He lives at the White Castle of Fear. Yes. Common if knowledge. anyone if anyone has seen Rocky I want to say two or three, something like that. About going the train in the snow and all that, like when he's about to fight the Russian. I can't remember, guys. I'm sorry. Drago. Drago, yeah. Anyways, so that's what this was basically kind of like. Training, and then he went into this White Castle of Fear <laughs> where it was like a buffet. It looked like what? the Red Wedding from Game of Thrones. Yes. Before the stabbing started. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so, anyways, he shows up, and there's like women that would be on the cover of a Kiss album. <laughs> If you've ever seen they the uh, album cover of Love Gun <laughs> with women just laying there waiting for a uh, kiss, yeah. that's how it was. They were just kind of lounging around with 80s, 90s hair, yeah. and there was a, there was a, a smaller guy there with an eye patch. <laughs> a, small, a little person. A little say. person. Yeah. So a little person was there with an eye patch. And mm-hmm. he was kind of like Butler, I guess you could say. <laughs> what would you say? He was kind of like the uh, the jester, maybe. <laughs> That's true. His, his name was Cheatham. Cheatham. Cheat. Cheatham. Cheatham. Okay. Never a good name. Never a guy you should trust. Absolutely not. Anyways, so the girls are like, "Stings here, stings here," and they all walk up. And then all of a sudden, Harley Race goes and gets – Harley Race is another wrestler. Harley Race goes and gets <laughs> Vader, who's staring at the mirror. Oh, geez. And then he shows up with, like, a polar bear cape on. The greatest cape ever. <laughs> yes. So, that of course, he they killed, start- he, They should have showed him, you know, showed him killing that polar bear yeah. outside the White Castle Affair, skinning it putting it on but yeah this fits <laughs> um <laughs> perfect fit and then he goes to the side and there's like thousands of polar bears that didn't fit 
Yes. Yeah. So sorry, Violet. WWF is really going to hate this. Mm-hmm. Not the wrestlings. Oh, uh, oh yeah, we're we're banned. So, anyways, back to the match because that's all promo. <laughs> yeah, we're not even at the match yet. So the strap match, they have a leather, long leather strap, and they each have to put one hand in it. And then they just, just whip each other with this strap and choke each other. And it's just like, my gosh, if dude, you describe a, die. If you described a strap match to someone that's never seen wrestling before, it would not have a great visual. No, absolutely not. No. And how you win is not by pinning or submission. You have to beat the crud out of your opponent and then drag them around the whole ring and you have to hit each turnbuckle. Or if you're Hulk Hogan, leave the guy in the middle of the ring and then just walk to each one and hit the turnbuckle. When was this? I think he did that against Flair, I believe. Did he he unstrap? I guess you could say. No, he was like, he kept the strap on and this dude just walks to each corner (laughs) and hits the turnbuckle. I'm like, that's not how you do a strap match. Absolutely not. Sting carried Vader to like three turnbuckles. Yeah. On his back. That's what was so cool. And it goes back to Vader being an absolute monster. Mm-hmm. Like, he's big. And, yeah, Sting's Sting's pretty strong. Sting's got a good build to him. Yeah. But it's just like, I watching it, you're like, there's no way Sting's going to be able to, to beat up Van Vader as much as possible. To even drag him. To the four corners, let alone hoist him up. <laughs> he hauls him yes. around the ring. Impressive, Sting. Very much so. Vader wins. <laughs> <laughs> he whipped him. And it's just like, man, but any gimmick matches, like, there's another one that was uh, spin the wheel, make the deal. Spin the wheel, make the deal. That's an entire episode right there. And it was like a Texas death match. I think what does that even mean? I don't know. What's the difference between a Texas death match, a street fight, and a no holds barred match? I don't have a clue. Yeah. And they don't either. Or a hardcore match. Or a Chicago street fight. (laughs) Yeah. Is like a Texas death match different from a Nebraska death match? A Bozier death match? I don't know. Bozier death match. Wow. I, I think. I think we have to branch off a tiny bit here and just describe what spin the will make the deal was because that's just one of those nineties things that'll never be seen again. Um, yeah. It was a giant, it, it looked like a giant saw blade, but it was like a wheel of fortune type situation, but it yeah. was, you know, upright. And there were like multiple matches like around this blade, the saw blade looking thing. And they would have to spin mm. it. Or actually, they wouldn't spin it. Uh, one of the announcers would pull like a giant lever, and it would spin. And whatever match it landed on, that's the match the two guys had to have. And yeah, it was pretty much the centerpiece to the entire Halloween Havoc pay per view. Mm-hmm. Was you spun the wheel, you made the deal. There were never any really good outcomes to that. But <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I mean, like they had like, okay, Sting against uh, Jake the Snake. They had a really big feud in WCW. They did spin the wheel, make the deal. There were so many cool matches on there. It landed on a coal miner's glove match. 
Oh, which yes. They hung a coal miner's glove on a pole. Whatever a coal miner's glove is. It was a glove wrapped in, like, metal. And you had to go to the top, grab it, and then you could use it on the guy. But anyways, we're branching off. I just wanted to describe it. You you know a lot about wrestling. I remember that match. <laughs> you, I, I do, too. But you, like, carry it with you. Like, whenever... <laughs> I have I hang out with Skill, and we'll talk yep. wrestling, and we'll come up to a, a situation where we're thinking about wrestling or talking about it, and it's like, who was the guy who blah 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 against against Sting in 1992? Yeah, and instead of going to Google, I go <laughs> to you, and I'll text you. I'm like, who 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 faced Sting? I love those questions, by the way. That's type of match. the greatest ever. And it does not take you <laughs> any time to answer zero. So my question to you is. Oh, no. <laughs> do you think you could beat some, like, a wrestler in, like, a pop quiz about wrestling? Yes, I do. Um, most wrestlers now have been cracked over the head so many times with the chairs that I don't think they remember a month ago, much less history, but okay. I don't know. I mean, it's according to who it is, but yeah, I'm a little, I'll be a little cocky with it, especially if we're talking some WCW and stuff like that. I think yeah. I probably could. What about the, I mean, WWF, of course, because I think, yeah, yeah, that too with, well, with WCW, you still have the network you can go to and dive into it, but okay. All right. You never just know. Curious. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think you can, but that's just me. According but to who it is, good, you you brought up a good point with all the chair shots and just. <laughs> but I don't know, like Jim Ross. I don't think he could beat Jim Ross. No, Jim Ross goes back quite a ways, and I don't think he could beat Hulk Hogan or Stone Cold. I could definitely beat Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hulk Hogan has way more things on his mind right now. Uh, <laughs> Steve Austin's so occupied with his uh, podcast and talking about deer and knives that I don't really think he remembers much either. So, eh. All right. We'll see. What? Okay. Uh, what? <laughs> Anyways, let's go to your pick. All right. <laughs> what? Is anybody that ought to face The Undertaker at the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania? My next pick is going to be Shawn Michaels against The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25, which took place in 2009. So we're – wow, Shawn Michaels – okay, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker have been chosen before on this podcast. So, I mean, two of the greatest performers in WWF history, and I, I can't I, – I won't really hesitate in saying that this match was perfection. It was 10 out of 10, arguably – the best wrestling match that at least WWF has ever put on. Okay. It's one of those matches that kind of makes you realize or make, you know, makes you remember on how powerful a wrestling match can be, how exciting it can be. I remember I just, I stood through this entire match. It was just so incredibly good. Yeah. Just a great match. There were so many spots in the match. One of the most famous ones was when Taker did a suicide dive over the top rope and almost died. He almost landed directly on top of his head. Jeez. 
which yeah, a, a cameraman was supposed to catch him. It was a wrestler dressed as a cameraman, but he he didn't catch him. He didn't catch him right at all. But yeah, it was it was it was storytelling perfection. It was it was a WWF style match done perfectly. And one one of the big things that happened in the match is Michaels kicked out of the tombstone, which I want to say that has happened before. I think it's only happened because of a screw up, but yeah. that was a pretty huge thing seeing somebody kick out of a tombstone. Was this in Houston? This or was in Dallas. Yeah, because my friend Michael went to it. So yeah, okay. yeah, it was in Dallas, and yeah, I mean, just from a technical standpoint and storytelling standpoint, I would. If I had to pick, it's hard to say, but if I had to pick, I would say it's the best wrestling match in the history of the company. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> it was just really good. It, you know, it was the first match with Taker at WrestleMania that you really believed he was about to lose. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it kind of started that streak where you really thought he was about to get pinned. And that kind of continued on until he did get pinned by Brock Lesnar. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Just two of the best performers ever, and probably my favorite match ever with WWE. So yeah, I uh, I was never a huge Undertaker fan. Yeah, but hats off to to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like the only blemish to his to his character is when he came out as the American badass. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I didn't hate that. It's just, I guess they felt like the team needed to be revamped was, a little. Yeah, he was becoming kind of stale and a little too uh, cartoony, maybe. Okay. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. Well, I think the, <laughs> the lead up to, I think, involved like the light versus the dark with Shawn Michaels being the light. Good Taker versus being evil, the dark. Yeah, it was good versus evil. And I can't remember if it was at this one. I think it was their second match because they wrestled again that next WrestleMania, which was also a great match. That I think Taker had probably one of his best entrances. It basically looked like Taker was walking up out of out of hell. That's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had performers on either side of him, like dressed in black, uh, with just their hands coming up out of the smoke. It was really disturbing, but man, it was a cool entrance for Taker. And it just kind of, you know, it, it really set the stage and it was just really good. So so that would be 2010? Yes. The lead yeah, up to I'll... that was really good too. Arguably better in their first lead up, but the match wasn't quite as good. Yeah, that's my pick. Uh, it's one of the best ever and definitely check it out if you never have. Will do. So let's go to you, man. This is your last pick, isn't it? Next to last. Next to last. Okay. Yeah. Go for so, it. So I'm going to pick someone that hasn't been mentioned yet. This is Undertaker versus Mankind. <laughs> oh, yeah. We they are- both been mentioned. I think, well, I. Both I, of them have. Well, I called, I called Mankind by the wrong name like 20 times in my pick. So. I think yeah. all of his characters have been mentioned. <laughs> Not yet. Dude loves is, is, is um, uh, I, need, I need to work that in. But but Undertaker yet again, he's been on here three times. 
So he's the he's the champion of the uh, Friday Five podcast. We need to let him know that he probably would. Yeah. Yeah. So Sarah, um, <laughs> what? So that sounded nothing like under. It's that sounded like Mr. Bean. Yeah, it did. So I'm going to pick uh, Undertaker versus Mankind, King of the Ring, 1998. It's a Hell in a Cell match. Scary match. Just turn us off right now and go watch like the first 10 minutes. <laughs> it, it might actually take the first You 10 might have 10. to take a break after that. Yes, because this is the way to start a match. <laughs> it does. It starts off strong. Yeah, I'll give it that. So... I can't remember the build-up to this match. I don't know who said what, and I don't know who called out who or who set this up. Who starts – who who enters first? Undertaker. Because I can't – Undertaker enters. He climbs straight up the cage, the, the Hell in a Cell, which is, what, 30 feet high? It's like 15, 40? 18 feet. I was way <laughs> off. So he climbs, and he's standing on top. Here comes Mankind out, and he climbs up there. And they kind of tussle a little bit. They fight. They almost fall through the the cage. The, hell the, the cage cell. appeared to be held by um, those black oh, zip ties. ties. Yeah, yeah. They didn't hold. And and how much? How much do they weigh? You're you're looking well, at a good like six hundred pounds, probably five hundred. Okay, six hundred. I was going to say six hundred, but I figured that's too much. So they're hefty. <laughs> they almost fall through, and they battle a little bit. And then, do you know who came up with what happens? I don't. I don't think anybody's ever really truly claimed it. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm, okay. I honestly don't know if Vince McMahon knew about it. I think there's a lot of things that Mankind wanted to do. Mick Foley, Mankind, Cactus Jack, Dude Love, whoever. I think he brought it to just someone. Yeah. And said, I want to do this, or me and Taker are thinking about doing yeah. this. I think it's all it's all him who thinks of all this stuff, and he doesn't want to go to Vince. Because Vince will be like, no. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I, I really don't so, know the backstory to that specific part. Going back to the match, they're teetering on the edge of the cell that's – like they're standing 18 feet above mm-hmm. the ring. And Jim Ross is right there just calling the shots. The best yes. ever, by the way. Him and Bobby Heenan. Maybe basically. one of his best matches that he's called, really. Yes. So they're teetering. Then Undertaker grabs Mankind by the back of his pants and his collar. <laughs> and just tosses him off <laughs> the hell in a cell. <laughs> It was one of those moments kind of like with, you know, Taker at WrestleMania where you don't, you know, he's not going to lose, but you kind of, you know, no one really thought that he was going to throw him off the top of the cell. I mean, no, no. one thought they thought it was going to be like a fake out, you know, or mankind catches him. And that yeah. was shocking. Yeah. Some, yeah. And my, my main thing is when I was watching it, I watched it. I want to say I watched it live. And the thing that I was thinking, I was like, how do you stop your momentum <laughs> from going over, from throwing that person? <laughs> yes. Because if he goes over, he's dead. I mean, mankind's dead too, but I just, 
how are you that confident to be able to maneuver your body midair to make sure you hit that table? <laughs> yeah, he hits a table. Everything's on top of him. Jim Ross is yelling, "He's by God, he's dead. He's broken in half. Yeah. One of the best lines. Undertaker's just chilling, standing on top of the cell still, and then everyone rushes. Cact, uh, Terry Funk's Terry there. Funk, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, <clears throat> man, how do you it's, – it, it's like he grabbed him like you would throw – like on a Ninja Turtles game <laughs> where you would throw like, the foot soldier in front of like the screen. Like he was unloading a truck with a bunch of manure in a bag. Yes. Just tossed him off. You know, yeah, it was 285 pound bag of manure just <laughs> flew off. And the, the thing is, if you watch it, um, mankind he doesn't hit dead center, he kind of hits near the back side of the table because he ends up sliding yeah, under yeah. the guardrail. And it's, it's not a it's not a clean hit. <laughs> I can't, it, it's, it's to the point where I don't even remember who won the match. Oh, I remember that. Because they, it's it's at least twenty minutes. Yeah. Well, dealing with mankind. Well, tell him, I mean, make sure you what what happens after he he hits. That's the best. They get him on yeah, the stretcher. This, this is the best part. This is where we knew mankind was out of his mind. They put this man on a stretcher. They wheel him out. He's halfway down. Or does he go all the way? No, to the he back, goes about bottom? halfway. Halfway down. Fights everybody <laughs> off, gets back on his feet, goes, climbs up the dead gum hell with of a cell a, again. with the dislocated shoulder, with a chair. Broke. He throws a chair up there. rib and a concussion. He does this. Yes. <laughs> throws a chair in there <laughs> on top. I don't of know the how cell. he did that. I don't know either. Then Undertaker's like, "Okay, let's do this again." <laughs> the crowd, so he doesn't. Sorry, the crowd's pop is so good at that moment too. Oh, dude, everyone's yeah. live, just feeling yeah. it. So Undertaker's like, "I'm not going to throw him off the cell." Uh, the hell, <laughs> I don't want to really again. kill him. Choke slams him through the cell. Cage breaks. Cage breaks. He drops a, a good 10 feet. Oh, more than that. Yeah. Hit, hits the mat straight on his back. Mm-hmm. On top. Like, he hits a chair, doesn't he? The chair. He, he goes through the The chair the falls. The chair comes down right after he goes through the cell and nails him right in the face. <laughs> and there's two things. Spits out a tooth. Well, Golly. yeah, technically. I mean, this was before WWF changed their rings. Their rings were still notoriously hard at that time. They didn't give a lot. The, the other okay. thing is the kind of controversy okay. around it is Mick Foley still claims in interviews, at least, that the cage was not supposed to break. I don't believe that. That doesn't make sense to me. It broke too easily. It was set up so perfectly for it to break. I I don't know. I guess no one will ever know the fact of that one. 
But um, do you? Yeah. Catch me if I'm wrong okay. on this. Where they step the first time when they first get up there, uh-huh. and the cage almost comes undone, is the same spot he um, goes through when he choke slams. It might be. It's yeah, pretty close. It's pretty close to it, but there's no way Taker would have choke slammed him on top of the cell, thinking that it wasn't going to break. So that had to be, had to have been planned. This but is, I, I don't yeah. know. That's the crazy thing. How could they have planned that? That was like suicide. <laughs> I mean, this it was bad. That was worse. That was worse listen, than tossing off the cell, in my opinion. Yes, listeners, please understand <laughs> that this is the most iconic attitude error yes. match, I believe, or scenes of the attitude yep. error because this is just nuts. And he had a. Uh, this is absolutely crazy. He hit the mat, or when the when the chair hit him after he landed on the mat, it knocked a tooth up through his nose and up through his nose. That's tooth. (laughs) This is really gross, but you could see the tooth hanging out of one of his nostrils. And then he gets thumbtacks, doesn't (laughs) he? Or am I wrong? Well, they, they, they fight for like another five to 10 minutes. I mean, you know, chair shots outside the ring. Yeah. But then, then McFoley goes under the ring and grabs a bat, a random bag. bag. We don't know what it is. Of course not. Could be Damien. <laughs> For all little, the Jake the Snake little baby lovers. Damien. Yeah. But it's thumbtacks. And it just sprawls him out. Like no big deal. And he gets destroyed again. <laughs> he loses. But in my eyes, he won. <laughs> How did he win? <laughs> There's nothing that happened to that man in that match that says he won. <laughs> He won by beating death. Well, that's true. He defeated death that day. But yeah, that was the first thumbtack yes. spot I think I ever saw. Thumbtacks and stuff like that, barbed wire, were big overseas. I mean, they would do that a lot in wrestling. But, you know, mm-hmm. for the States, especially for WWF, that was definitely the first yeah. time you ever saw thumbtacks. Well, this is, I mean, this is almost, I mean, we're going to get to this. But this is kind of near the... The bill. I mean, this is right after the build of the Attitude Era. This yeah. is like the next step of the Attitude Era. Yeah, it it was kind of the one. Yeah, it just kind of you know submitted it in that we're not mm-hmm. we're not screwing around. We're anymore. not playing around. <laughs> Although Vince McMahon yeah. did tell McFoley in the back, you know, from reading Foley's book, um, you're never going to do anything like that again. <laughs> but he kind of does. <laughs> He kind of does because he wrestles Triple H in a hell in the cell and he goes yeah. through the top of the cell again into the ring. But it's it's a much more controlled way. Like the ring breaks, also known as, you know, they they rigged it for him to have more of a softer, mm-hmm. you know, a soft landing. But it's still bad. But still yeah, one of the one of the most iconic matches maybe ever. That's all we can say about it. Just go watch it. It's King of the Ring, 1998. Go enjoy. Bono, you're up next. All right. My last pick. I I had to pick this one because it's one of my most memorable matches I've ever watched. The Outsiders and a mystery partner 
against Steen, mm-hmm. uh, Randy Savage, and Lex Luger at Bash at the Beach 1996. This, I don't know if there's ever been a match like this since then. The the tension that surrounded this match was untouchable. It yeah, it was kind of this weird time in wrestling to where even though you know it was a you know a rigged sport, it was sports entertainment. You know, I was 13 at the time, and even I, it kind of blurred the lines of reality a little bit. You're like, what's happening? You know, this is when Holland. It was yeah, a mystery. This is when Scott Hall showed up several months before this, or a couple months before this, from straight, straight from him, WWF. Tell him who Scott Hall is. Oh, Razor Ramon. <laughs> he makes there the list go. again. But anyways, they they Scott Hall shows up out of nowhere. He had just been on WWF television. They kind of make it out to be like WWF is invading WCW, but that wasn't the case. They were signed to WCW. Scott Hall says he has a friend he's bringing in. He brings in Kevin Nash, also known as Diesel. And, and Super Shredder. <laughs> Super Shredder, yeah. And they basically, they're trying to, they're causing havoc within the company. They want to take over the company. And it all comes down to WCW finding three of their best, which was Sting, Savage, and Luger to go against the Outsiders and a mystery partner at Bash at the Beach 96. So it all came to this ultimate match. Well, Hall and Nash show up, and there's no mystery partner. So I think Mean Gene goes in the ring, and he's like, where's your mystery partner? And They say, well, he's here, and he'll come out when he's ready. So the match goes on. They, they're fighting for a few minutes. Luger, which I don't oh, – I can't stand Lex Luger. Luger gets hurt like three minutes really? into the match. <laughs> Do you think Lex Luger is overrated? Yes. Okay. Especially – I mean, early Luger, when he was still kind of green in WCW and stuff like that, I liked him a little more, but I don't know. Luger never really did it for me. He had about four moves, and – Anyways, Luger gets hurt. Everyone's kind of wondering if Luger's the third man, actually. Because they're like, wait a minute, did he fake that? And he's getting out of the match, then he's going to come back. So that's kind of what I was thinking when I was watching it. But since he's Mm -hmm. hurt, it's a two versus two. and Yeah, even Phil. Yeah, yeah. And it pretty much comes down to the Outsiders dominating the match. You know, WCW makes a comeback. Outsiders kind of take him down again. And while the Outsiders are kind of, you know, destroying Sting at the moment, the crowd pops. And you don't know why they just popped, but they cut to the entranceway, and here comes Hulk Hogan. Hogan hadn't been seen on WCW TV for a few weeks. I don't remember the reasoning necessarily, but it was kind of a return of Hogan. Yeah. So Hogan comes out. I'm freaking out. Yes, he's coming. You know, because we hated the Outsiders. They're trying to screw WCW. He's coming to save Yeah, us. he's coming to save them. So Hogan gets in the ring. Uh, outsiders bell. Hogan kind of plays to the crowd. Then drops a leg drop on Randy Savage. And I was pissed. <laughs> that was... I mean, you... You want to talk about a heel turn? That was the greatest heel turn in the history of professional wrestling. You had Hulk yeah. Hogan, uh, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. The ultimate good guy completely yes. turns his back on the company, on the fans. 
and joins the bad guys pretty much. That's when you could actually say good guys versus bad guys. It's kind of a blurred line now. Yeah. But the thing I remember, I was at All Star Kids. It was a daycare yeah. that my my friends Rachel and Sarah, their grandmother, ran, and they had TVs, and I was watching it that Monday because they would always re-air it Mondays. Yeah. But it's, you still have to rent it. And it was on – I couldn't rent it, but it was on scrambled TV. Yeah, <laughs> you could listen and, to it. And I watched it, and I listened to it, and I was just like, <gasps> it was insane. Like, no one saw that coming. Just like, just like Undertaker getting defeated at a WrestleMania. Yeah. It was just – Man, and that that changed everything. I mean, that was pretty much the beginning to WCW, you know, beating WWF in the ratings war. I mean, that was the start of it. Uh, the in, the NWO yes. storyline, which is what Hogan called the group, was the reading that WCW was the reason that WCW was on top for so long. And yes. Yeah, once he turns, they beat him up. The crowd is just shocked. The commentators are shocked. Of course, like um, Bobby the Brain Heenan is in, <laughs> is of the going. I told you so. I told you he was scum. You know, because he's all he's well, always look, Hogan anyway. What's weird is I don't think the commentators knew who the Mystery Man was. I, from it, what I've heard from Tony Schiavone, they did not. You're you're correct, and. Hogan walks out. Tony Schiavone is like, he's here. He's going to, you know, basically he's coming to save us. He's our guy. And Bobby the Brain Heenan is like, what if he's for the other people? Yeah, he's like, well, whose side does he own? They're like, Bobby, don't be ridiculous. Yes, and it's like, even though Bobby is always the instigator, antagonist, the stock per uh, pot stir, excuse me of the group to get everyone questioning stuff. He was right. Yeah. Well, it was, it was fun, but he didn't know it he was, was funny right. because, you know, at the beginning of the match, he said, the third guy's here. He'll come out when he's ready. Here comes Hogan. They're basically just shove it in your face. This is the third guy, but honest to God, you didn't even think that you're like, it's, it's Hogan. No. That's why it was because it's Hogan. It so huge. And because he's been gone so long. Yeah. You're, you wouldn't think you it. would. You would never, even though they were basically telling you as he was walking out. Yeah. you still didn't buy it. You were still completely fooled by it, and that's something yeah. that's lost on today's audience. I think. Yeah, the surprise factor and duping them. Yeah, do you like the? Go ahead. I was going to say, do you remember after the match? Uh, well, mean Gene interviews him, interviews Hogan, and Hogan's in his full, you know, hill persona. But but the most yeah. memorable thing about that is the amount of trash that's thrown into the ring. <laughs> Absolutely, the everything, they feel everything, yeah. Popcorn bags, drinks, soda cups, just everything. They just completely just, trashed that ring, dude. It looked like Bourbon Street <laughs> in the middle of that ring after after Mardi Gras. Yeah. When did you ever uh, let the people know? Did you tell them what pay-per-view this was? Yeah, Back to the Beach 96. Mm -hmm. Okay. I I, I remember watching it, and it was just – and this is one – this would have been one of my picks as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, biggest heel turn in the history of wrestling. One of the most memorable yeah. matches ever because of that. Um, I mean, they've tried to do big heel turns since then. I mean, I think the biggest one that they attempted after this was in WWF when Austin kind of turned heel at WrestleMania 17. And shook, ha- and shook hands with Yeah, Vince. it wasn't as effective, though. I think only because Austin mm-hmm. had always kind of been a shades of gray. But, yeah. Yeah. That that's that's my final pick. I I really couldn't think of a better way to end it than with that. The only thing that I can recall since then that was kind of like, man, what is he doing? Yeah. Is when Seth Rollins turns Rollins turns on the that's shield. a really good point. That's a really really good point. Like. And I'd have to really think about it, but that might be the best one after Hogan turning, because <laughs> you did not, you didn't but, see that coming at all. Yeah, and I'm glad it was Seth Rollins, honestly. Yeah. Um, but that's that'd be one, and the only way it could ever be topped is if John Cena ever mm-hmm. turned heel. But I agree. I, like he's he's not going to. He's <laughs> dead set that he's not doing that. Yeah. I really wish there was more stables yeah there's not enough stables yeah. and 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 if you're not a big wrestling fan stable is a group kind of like the four Stud stable was a stable <laughs> yeah and then they and in nwo and then wolfpack and all that yeah. dx is another stable also another term that we've been throwing around that you might not be familiar with is uh when the crowd pops which means a large excitement like cheering and stuff the like crowd, that, like a, a great reaction. It's like, it's like they wake up and they just lose yes. their minds. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some terms that we've been using. Just wanted to catch you up before uh, I just picked my last one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to need you to use all these terms in your last bit. So. Stable. St- stable, stable pop. pop. What was the other one? Hill. Okay, we can go yeah. hill, hill or we face. We just said it, and we can't remember. <laughs> this is okay. not good. But uh, yeah, that's my pick. Yeah, you said turns hill. Okay, yeah. yeah. But let's hill's a bad guy. Face is a good yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of the other one. But... And that's the bottom line, Gaston Cold Seth so. Okay, so nineteen ninety six. That's when yours happened. Yes. My pick, which is final the final pick. pick Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart. It was 1997, so a year after you, uh, WrestleMania 13. Really, really good. And this was the beginning of... It's so good, you yawn. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know it caught that. It was funny because that was the beginning of WCW kind of beating WWF. This was kind of the beginning of the opposite, of WWF beating WCW in the ratings. It still took them a little bit longer, but... This kind of kicked that off. It was a bigger payoff. Yeah, yeah. It kicked it off. But sorry, go ahead. So this is a submission match between Stone Cold and Bret Hart. Ken Shamrock. I'm going on and Ken Shamrock is the uh the ref. Yeah. I'm going I'm gonna let everyone know. Bret Hart is the worst there is, the worst there was, and the worst there ever was. I'm will not be. even gonna comment to that because you're gonna get death threats over that one. Because I don't care one bit about can, that. Can dude. you say something for me? I think he's awful. Can you say "Hey, Michael" and then say that? Hey, Michael, Bret Hart is sorry. <laughs> <I'm>... 
I'm not going to let him listen to this. <laughs> He's not that great. Oh, I'm not. Stay in your daddy's dungeon. <laughs> I'm not going to say so... anything to that. Let's remind the folks real quick that uh, Gilchrist also dislikes AJ Styles. So, anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Modern man's Bret Hart. It's not, it's not going good. So, anyways, the lead up to this is out standing yeah the the monday night raw before this had a there's four main people involved in this situation stone cold bret hart psycho sid vicious <laughs> and what's so funny I, I i just think of sid cutting a promo every time you mention his name and i laugh and the final piece is a guy we haven't really talked about that much the undertaker <laughs> so so, anyways, there. I think uh, in WrestleMania 13, Undertaker faces uh, Sid Vicious, yeah. Psycho, for the title. Horrible main event. So, <laughs> this Stone Cold versus Bret Hart was not even the main event. Mm-hmm. So that's weird, but it, definitely it was the been. biggest payoff. Yeah. Yes. So leading up to this. The Monday Night Raw main event was, I believe, Psycho Sid versus Bret Hart, steel cage match. Something happens. I think Undertaker and Stone Cold come out. They interfere, blah, blah. So at the end of the match, at the end of the wrestle, uh, at the end of Raw, excuse me, Bret Mike, Bret, Bret Michael, Bret wow. Michael, <laughs> Rock of Love. Bret Hart gets the uh, – Vince McMahon wants to interview Bret Hart. Bret Hart's not having it. Shoves Vince McMahon. That's his boss. Unheard of then. He yeah. shoves. Yeah. This was before and Stone Cold stunned him every week. <laughs> every yeah. week. So Bret Hart gets the microphone and lets the expletives fly. It's, it's best that Kathy and David were not listening to my TV that evening. Yes. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> My father um, does not talk like that, by the way. <laughs> who says God's name in vain? That's his, that's his impression. Uh, I, I wish he did talk like that. That's always my impression of your dad. So anyways, so Bret Hart gets the mic, shoves Vince, and just starts like ripping the the Federation, World, World Wrestling Federation, for letting stuff happen that shouldn't happen. Him getting the short end of the stick, basically. Yeah. Stone Cold pops up on the Jumbotron, and he's like, why don't you cry a little bit more? <laughs> Bret Hart starts talking over him, threatens to whoop his butt. Uh, and so Jumbotron goes black. <laughs> then here comes Sid Vicious for some reason. This is Monday Night Raw. This is the last, like, five minutes of Monday Night Sid Raw. Sid Vicious was down there just to break down the ring. <laughs> to make extra right. make sure extra money extra 20. um so they get an argument and then it's just all hell breaks loose and it's awesome so going back to that's all leading up to this match in wrestlemania 13 with stone cold and, and bret hart um submission match mind ken you shamrock. So, ken shamrock yes so so it's a questionable ending for uh Basically, Brett Michaels put Stone Cold in a sharpshooter. <laughs> Bret Hart 
Sorry. Sorry. I, I really want to see Brett Michaels wrestle. <laughs> he does some wrestling on I that reality what. show. I tell you what, Brett Michaels is way better than Brett oh. Hart. Oh, oh so God, just oh, I'm not. I'm serious, man. You need to like find a safe house because I have. I don't care. I have some crazy friend. I don't care. <laughs> so Brett Hart wins, oh, and it's a questionable ending great. because it's a submission one. Yeah, yeah. And Stone Cold doesn't tap out. Well. He passes out. <laughs> he's got like he's got the crimson mask, yeah. which is basically when blood is just covering his whole face. Yeah, it's and, one of the most iconic shots for that time, or really any time, is the close up of yeah. his face with blood coming down it wise in the sharpshooter. This is the birth of the attitude error. This like little situation. Yeah. And it, it's so good. And you got Jim Ross, you got uh, Jerry the King Lawler, and Vince McMahon all on the mind. Yeah, yeah. That's some... just just mesmerized about what's happening. And it's just a really good match, but the pre the the raw before it just sets it up so well. And it goes back to me talking about how promos really set up a good match. Well, this was um this was Bret Hart's official heel turn also, because after the match he mm-hmm. Yeah, he attacks um, Stone Cold with the chair, working on his leg. And then I think Ken Shamrock <laughs> does like a belly-to-belly suplex on Bret Hart or something. Yeah. And I think the only way it, can, it would be any better is if Ken Shamrock wasn't in it. <laughs> well, that's that's when they first brought him to the company, I believe. And he was just, yeah, yeah it's kind of a special, straight from the UFC. It was a submission match, so. Yeah. Anyways, that's my final pick. If you got something else you want to add on to to that match, feel free. Um, not really. I mean, I I can think of. I believe it was the next night on Raw after the pay per view okay. is the one where Steve Austin. I think it was the next night. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But anyways, Bret Hart gets hurt, and Bret Hart is in a stretcher, and they're rolling him to the ambulance, and Austin catches up with them and beats the heck out of Bret Hart while he's strapped into a stretcher. That's that was Perfect. kind of a iconic raw moment. But yeah. Yeah, it was a great feud. Um I wish they would have had more matches, honestly. Yeah. It, eventually he leaves. He gets screwed over. Yeah, this was not maybe a year, year and a half before that the Montreal Mon- no, Montreal Screwjob was Survivor Series, so this is like a couple months later. Oh, was it that same? Oh, it was that same year. That's right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So that same year, the Montreal Screwjob, which that's a whole other story. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then heart defects to uh, WCW. WCW. And writes WCW in the sky, and everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> It's like take your take your can somewhere else. <laughs> um, so okay, what a great topic! I really enjoyed this topic. By the yeah, way, yeah, I think this is going to be our longest episode. By the way, which yeah, is okay. it's 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 the Iron Man match of the podcast. <laughs> so let's let's take a moment. Let's uh let's swap here. Yeah, um, what, what would you take? I'm thinking about your picks, and I got you. Might have to remind me of yours. No, that's all right. I'm, I have yours written down. We have Undertaker and Brock. Michaels against Ramon. 
uh, Hart against Austin, Vader versus Sting, and Taker and Mankind. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Vader versus Sting because I I can remember that match so incredibly well. Yeah, and for a gimmick match, for a strap match, it was really good. You know, those those tend to be not that good. <laughs> yeah, but. I think I think people will always be talking about the White Castle of Fear because it was such a corny but kind of an iconic lead up, and I think the match paid off. I thought it was done really well. So yeah, that's that's my pick from yours. I, still one of my favorite matches, honestly. Yeah, I'm um, I'm going to go with with Hogan turning. Hogan, t- okay. Because that was a big part of like me really investing into wrestling. Yeah, that story was just it felt real for some reason. I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, oh man, this guy. It was kind of like when Undertaker lost. Yeah, I mean, I said that before, but like the kid that threw away his poster crying <laughs> was probably like the same age we were when you know Hogan turned. I mean, we weren't crying or anything, but we we're like, dude, what are you doing? I was so mad. <laughs> I was just furious. And I mean, you could argue yeah. that. I think we might have already said this, but uh, Taker losing was the biggest thing to happen since Hogan turned. No, we did not say that, but that's a good point. I think, but. Yeah. But well, it was a good list, man. It was a good episode. I'm going to have to edit a little bit of my babbling, but. <laughs> It was, I didn't mind as well. Um, but no, it was a great episode, great list. I think we might have to revisit this list or something similar later on. Because, I mean, there are so yeah. many picks. It was hard to pick five. This, These aren't, not my anyway, these aren't like my top five all-time. These are just part of a list of my all-time favorite matches. Yeah, these are all pay-per-view matches. Now, there's other matches yeah. that were really good that were on TV. Yeah, yeah, and and other pay per views, but these are five that you know came to mind, and we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, I hope y'all enjoyed it. Yeah, um, thank you guys for joining us. We do want to mention really quick the whatever survey podcast with Adam. He's still over there churning out great episodes, and go check him out. He's on Anchor and iTunes. Yeah, he's a good guy, and he he just got. A cool job. He did. So he might mention that on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. It's a it's a very cool uh job that could yeah, definitely good. make for a uh, a good episode, yeah. But um and and possibly free tickets in our future. That's right. We're gonna profit from this somehow. I don't know how I know. and I don't know why, but we are. I'm just yeah. <laughs> we just gotta wait. Yeah, you just have so. to wait and see and be patient. But thank you guys for joining us. I'm I'm Brent along with Rex, and we will catch you guys next time. Bye.